If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are certain tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spoofy, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make podcasts in one place. Mandatory call to action. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello everyone, welcome to God's Internet Church Podcast, episode number 30, season 1. We're going to have a time of worship today, a new Bible study on why we can't live in the flesh. And then we're going to share another with our new segment, God Teaches Us in Other Ways. And then we're going to do our praying segment and closing segment. So we got a lot to get to today. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to take a coal of heaven's altar and anoint these lips of clay. Anoint every song that's sang here today. Anoint every word that is said between stories, between preach, between sharing about our Bible study and and our prayer requests. We just ask you to let everything go the way you want. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be right back after these songs.
Welcome back to God's Internet Church Podcast, Episode 30. And those two songs we just listened to are true. God is always with us, no matter when it seems like He's not. But it, but in our times of 
trials and tribulations, even like we learned through the book of Job. Sometimes I feel like God isn't there. So we got to learn to draw to him. And that's what we learned with the second draw. Draw me close to you. And, uh, and that's what we let, need to let God open up and let him draw next close to him. But also remember that he's still there. Like I said, we're done with the book of Job. Um, we're moving on to a one-day Bible study on a particular verse that's starting it. And that's the book of Romans, chapter number 8, and verse 7. And we're going to look at um, a few verses. We're going to read, actually, Romans 8 through 10. But I believe I'm going to be sharing stuff on verse 8 and stuff on verse 9, I believe. And we'll see where God goes from there. So if you got your Bibles, open them up to the book of Romans, chapter number 8. And the, and the good thing about a recorded podcast, you can pause it right now if you need to open it up before I start reading. All right. And we're going to start in verse 7. And I'm reading from a New Testament Bible for recovery version, and it gives us explanation on each verse and we're going to go from there verse 7 of Romans 8 says because the mind is set on the flesh is intimate against God for it is not subject to the law of God for neither can it be and those who are in the flesh cannot please God but you are not in the flesh but in the spirit indeed the spirit of God dwells in you Yet, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not of him. All right. Verse 7 basically telling us here. And verse 8 is basically telling us this. God and... God and... Blah, blah, blah. If the mind attaches itself to the flesh and acts independently... It will bring us into the flesh, causing us to be an enemy with God, and should be unable and will be unable to please Him. In other words, the more that we use our mind of the flesh, the more we listen to the mind of our flesh. What's going to happen here is this: is this. You're listening to your inner man. You're going to be listening to your feelings and not the Spirit of God. Because let me tell you something, saints. There is a war going on between you, your inner man, and the Spirit of God if you're a Christian. Because your body craves, acts, and do certain things that maybe you were doing before you were saved. And your inner man, your inner self, your body wants these things. And if we try to live in that inner man spirit, we're not going to please God. We're not going to help our life. In fact, our inner man is an enemy against an entity, an enemy against God. What do you mean an enemy against God? Well, because our body wants to do 
contrary to what the Word of God is telling us. All right? Now, let's see what verse 8 had to say about this. All right? And verse 8 said, And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So basically, if we're in the flesh, we're living in our mind, and we're going to become like those in the flesh. It's like we'll have the attitude, what feels good, do it. If it feels good to go shoot someone, it's right. If it feels good to go uh, kidnap somebody, it's right. If it feels good... To go lie, it's right. That's what the world sees it. You, you live your life to what makes you feel good and right. Well, the verse 8 tells us, living in the flesh, living in the flesh cannot please God as a Christian. So in other words, if you're a Christian trying to listen to your feelings, and some of these things that you might be listening to are not very harmful. But if you're, by, if you're trying to live, say you're a Christian, before you were a Christian, and you went and slept with a lot of men, I mean a lot of women and men, depending on if you're a man or a boy or a girl, and maybe even same sex, sex, it's basically if you're trying to live for God and still trying to do these things, you're not going to please God. Because you're living in your flesh. you got to start living by the word of God. Which would influence your spiritual that is in you. It would teach you how to live by the spirit. And that's what we're here to learn today. we got to give away from the things that encourage our flesh. we got to learn to live by the spirit. Not by our eyes. Not by our ears, not by our mouth. Because one thing that we do that because we are Christians. And people are looking at what you're doing. And they see you doing some of the same things that they're doing. It's going to hurt your witness and they're not going to come to the kingdom of God. And they're not even going to listen to you. So you got to be very careful not to live in the flesh. <clears throat> Excuse me. And like I said yesterday and a few other things, um, my allergies are acting up. So if I'm coughing or I start sneezing or whatever, it's my, my uh, allergies and I apologize for that. But we're going to look at verse 10 now. Actually, we're going to look at verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Yet if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he, he is not of him. All right? So basically, what is this saying here to us? If you're letting your inner man make home and reside on the king of the throne of your heart, if you're allowing the spirit of that 
ha- happen. Quite honestly, you're not living for God. And you may not make it to heaven. Because eventually you're going to lose your salvation and you're going to fall away from God. Okay? That's what that first part says. But if you make the home reside of the Holy Spirit, of God, in you, in your heart. In other words, live through the Spirit. And reading the Word of God and living the Word of God, you're going to find out. You're going to become more like Jesus every day. More like what God wants you to do every day. But what people do here is kind of bad. Because sometimes we're, we're serving God. And we're doing trying to live what the Bible says and what the preachers say and what the teachers say. and But we forget to do what we do for ourselves. We forget to nourish and feed our spirit. The word of God. We forget the word. We forget to nourish and feed our spirit with worship, which is like the drink that we would have in our meal. Okay? And we kind of please our flesh with food, with TV, with video games, you name it. All right? We put things to feed our flesh. Instead of speeding fleet, instead of feeding our spirit with God's word, which is going to help us live and worship Him. Because if you're feeding your flesh, that's where you're going to be. You're going to feed, you're going to try to do everything in the flesh. What you need to be doing is starving your inner man from some of these things. Am I saying TV's wrong to watch? No. Am I saying eating is wrong to do? No. Am I saying going swimming is wrong? No. Am I saying many entertaining things that are wrong, that are good entertaining things? No. But what I am saying, if you put in these things before God, you're entertaining your flesh and not your you're feeding your flesh and not your spirit not the spirit of god in you in your spirit in you see you need to get into the word of god every day you need to get into worshiping god every day not just on wednesdays not just on sundays cuz this will strengthen the, your spirit to have dominance over your inner man and to live for God. Am I saying you can't do these things that I mentioned? No. But what I'm saying, you got to have a healthy balance by putting God's word first, God's worship first. You got to put God first in everything you do. You got to live through the spirit of God that's in you. To strengthen your spirit to follow him. That's what I'm saying. And if you don't do that, you're probably going to fall by the wayside. Bottom line. Alright? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word that you just gave us. We thank you, Lord, that 
we understand what you were saying, Lord, and we just ask you to help us apply. We have more emphasis, Lord, on serving you first and then the things we enjoy next. Help us stop living through your spirit, Lord, to help us, our inner man, become stronger in you. And let us not get our inner man stronger in the flesh. We just ask you to help us with this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that was a good little Bible study that we just had, one day Bible study. Um, starting tomorrow, I'm not sure how long this Bible study is going to go. It might be, I'm getting, I have a book here that um, I'm going to be sharing with you. Um, it says, Faith and Hope and Courage in Changing Times. And it's the word for you today. And it's like a devotional. And as I was going through and looking at it, what it's in here, there's going to be a few of them together. And I don't know exactly, you know, how many weeks this is going to take or how many days. Uh, we'll see how God leads. But that is what we're coming out of. And no, coincidentally, so you can do a little homework if you want to before we do it. Um, we're going to be dealing with uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 13, and Genesis 15, verse 1. And so we're going to have two thoughts with that. And the two subjects is God's source of hope will fill you with peace. And I am your shield, your very great reward. And uh, there's two thoughts there. I'm not going to give everything to get, you know today for you. But we're going to be going through this book where God shows me where he wants to talk with things. We might cover a lot of it. And there might be some that he don't cover. You know, we got to go away God's leading. But my goal is to go through this book. Um... And um, make a Bible study all of it, all the way through. And that's probably what God, if I got that thought, that's the thought from God. But it's a 90-day um, devotional book. And I'm not saying we'd be on 90 days, but we might be on it 90 days. But like I said, some of them go together. And um, so that's what God's got me working on. And we're going to be starting that tomorrow on our for our podcast, for our Bible study. Um, we'll be right back after these messages for our next segment. Welcome back, everyone, to God's Internet Church podcast, episode number 30 of season one. We're getting into our next segment, our new segment, How God Teaches Us Through Other Ways. And I'm going to read an article out of the same magazine story that I shared with you about 
about learning a lesson from my dog. But this one is called The Works of His Hands. Just what is a virus? Okay? And like I said, this is an uh, article that I want to read. It says, COVID-19 has made viruses front page news on a daily basis. But how many of us understand what they actually are? Is a virus alive or not? How do viruses work? How do they fit into the scheme of God's creation? Although it's clear that the Almighty has not yet revealed to us every detail about his marvelous creation, Proverbs 25, 2, we can't nevertheless understand a great deal about these microscopic menace that have generated such a gigantic news. While the, the details of their origin remains mystery, their current role in our world is all too painfully clear, and yet they made hint at something more. Let's take a closer look. What is a virus? Are viruses, are viruses alive? It depends on how, are viruses alive? It depends on how we define life. Viruses do not gen, gen, genuinely satisfy all the criteria most botanists use to determine whether something is alive through the point is debated in some cor some quarters. Bacteria, microscopic one-cell organism, clearly possess attributes associated with living things. For instance, they can fully me memorize food sources for emer emergency. They can can produce themselves, reproduce themselves. Viruses, however, can not fully accomplish either of these tasks and require the machinery of a host cell, but to provide energy for their machinery to work and to build more viruses. It is accomplished this second task, using our cells to reproduce themselves. The virus becomes such a source of misery for us. In one way, success of viruses is a tribute to the ingenious design of life, operating systems, and the power of programming language, languages representative by life. Genetic code, just as the human computer language says C++ or Java, can be used to accomplish many different tasks. To, so you can genetic code express in DNA and RNA and molecules accomplish many purposes. The miracle of DNA in our May-June 2013 issue for more details. Much like their computer namesake, viruses carry new bits of code that reprogram the cell to become a virus-making factory. This, this basic structure of most viruses is straightforward to a potential shell of some sort called a capsis and strains from DNA and RNA contained within the cactus. Through the structure may be straightforward. There is a vast amount of variety in this virus world. Some viruses are simple, 
like the coronavirus that caused COVID-19. Its structure is simply a spare surrounded by protein spikes that gives the virus its name. Corona is Latin for crown. The spike attached to receptors on certain cells in our body, giving the virus access to the interior of those cells. Viruses can also have a more complex structure. For example, Bacteropus viruses that infect bacteria could easily be mistaken for spiders on an alien planet with spidering spreading legs as a protein chasing that looks like a stalking holding up a large head. Regardless of the structure and function of each virus, it's essentially named gain access to the inner working of the whole new programming to create more viruses. That new programming tells the cell machinery to begin relentlessly creating copies of the virus, a process that often causes the cell to burst and release new copies of the virus ready to infect additional cells before its death. One single cell can be used by some viruses to produce tens of thousands of new viruses. Our immune system are designed to combat these invaders by capturing and destroying the virus directly by destroying the cells they have commandeered. More information about remarkable immune systems can be read in March, April 18th article, The War Between Your Skin, available online tomorrowworld.org. Let the battle between the viruses of our immune system can sometimes cause a lot of chorotical damage. And in some cases, the most harmful effect of the infection can come from the side effects of that battle. Where do they come from? New strains of viruses can arise in many ways. A, if a host is infected with more than one kind of virus, the virus's genome can mix and match to create a brand new virus. The bodies of a pig is particularly our optimal biological environment for virus mixing. And the H1NI swine flu strain can cause a pandemic in 2009 is believed to have been caused by such swapping among human birds and pig viruses. That's how viruses mutate. But there is a deeper mystery where these viruses originally come from. Scientists are at a loss on the question. Viruses defy most biologists' attempts to easily or comfortably account for their origin. Within the neo-Darwin theory of evolution, some see viruses simply as an evidence they must have involved before cells, while other points the chicken and the egg problem that represents if viruses cannot reproduce without cells, how could they exist before cells? And I just want to go online on note here before I read the rest of the article. I do not believe in the Darwin theory of evolution, and I don't think this public publication does. It was just brung up the way that's what scientists believe, you know, how they start, just like the Darwin theory was. But I don't believe it, and I sure they don't, because this is a Christian magazine. Now, in fact, even those those who recognize that the original of our world is found, origin of our world is found in Ampompos Creator, 
fight virus remains a mystery. It would not be reasonable to believing that God would create a virus solely to cause harm. After all, before he rested from his created act, he declared to creation very good. Genesis 1 verse 31. But there are several explanations that would be very consistent with God's word. For instance, in and out of itself, viruses Ability to inject genetic material is not harmful. In fact, in fact, many medical researchers are exploring viruses as tools to deliver helpful genetic information into patients requiring gene therapy. It's possible that a virus-like mechanism and structure may have origin service, a maintenance to or repair role in life design. Yet this is only speculation. Much do we do not know of the world will one day be revealed. But for now, we only know in part. 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve. Cursed is not for, but not forever. Regardless of what virus could have served in the wonderful nature order God created, the curse of our first parents brought upon the world with their sins had an impact of all creation. As God explained to Adam and Eve, the sin-stained world would not be present for them, one of for them. The ground would not simply yield food for them to eat, but also thorns and thistles. Genesis 13:18. As it become a hostile environment suffering under the bondage of corruption, Romans 8:20 20 through 22. A world and in famous words of Alfred Lord Tennyson Red in tooth and claw. Whatever's beneficial purpose viruses could have served in a natural order, they seem to serve that beneficial purpose no longer, at least not without great cost. But the world will not always be filled with pain and suffering. God tells us through the ancient word of the prophet Isaiah that a better time is coming. Predators and prey will no longer be at odds, but will graze peaceably together in the creation itself, will be transformed to experience the peace that now escapes. Isaiah 11, 6-8 Of this time the Eternal One declares, They shall not or destroy in all my holy mountains, for the earth shall be full of knowledge of the Lord, as the water covers the sea. Verse 9 of Isaiah The the day is coming when infectious waves of viruses-borne diseases will yield to the spread of something far more powerful, healing and hope from the throne of God and the Lamb. Revelations 22, 1-3. May God speed that day. And the article was written by Wallace G. Smith from Tomorrow World Magazine. And it's a Christian magazine for pastors that I got you know, ordered for myself. I shared that story today for a purpose. There's a lot of people out there angry about this virus. Some people think it's real. Some people think it's fake. Well, I got to say it's real because my father-in-law passed away from it. My mother-in-law caught it. She's okay. And I have an aunt that died from it. And let me tell you something, saints. 
Let me tell you. It's real. And I just thought it was a fascinating article to share. Um, how some of the thoughts there about the virus and help us know that God didn't plant this for bad. But because of what maybe sin in the world, you know, could change things. But we're not saying that God, you know, created this virus, but God allowed it for a reason. Just like we learned from the book of Job. You know, nothing surprises God. And it might have been the devil had a conversation with God and said, let me spread this virus around the world. And I bet these people will return from you. And God accepted the challenge just like he did Job. But the sad thing is, saints, the sad thing is, it changed the world. And it's changed some Christians to be bitter and mean. And I say this for this virus segment that we need to examine ourselves, saints. And go to God and ask for forgiveness if it's changed us not to live for him the way we're supposed to. Because maybe we got mad at him. Maybe we're blaming him. Um, but you got to remember, God is in control and he can bring you through. You got to trust him and he's going to give you back everything you lost double. Just like he did Job. Now, does that mean he's going to give you your current husband you lost back? No. But he will probably provide you or your kids. But just like Job, he probably he provided more, more kids for him. And we got to look at that. If we lost these people, it was it was their time. All right, it was their time to go with God. That's the way we got to look at it. But I think God is trying to use this fires to teach us to get in shape. And get back to him. That's what God's been revealing to me here. Okay, we'll be right back after these messages for our prayer time and closing remarks. If you want to know about all sports information, go to YouTube, to the search bar, type in Charge It to the Game Podcast. And you will get all you need about the world of sports. From football, baseball, and other kind of sports. This is a podcast on YouTube. I am a describer. And I recommend to describe this podcast to you to describe too. Again, go to the search bar and type in. Charge it to the game and listen to the podcast today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to God's Internet Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Ron Weaver. This is episode 30, and we're coming to a close of the end. But before we do that, we want some prayer. I do got to say I've been praying for one of my family members here, um, Sam um, the Glopper. He passed away yesterday. But we're going to said we took him off the list, but we're going to pray for his wife and his kids. With, you know, with, with the other two 
prayer too to keep keep things going. So we're going to pray for these 13 prayer requests. And if you're listening and you want to send a message, it is available to send a message through this podcast. So you got dues on Spotify and different ones hit that you want to write up, send a message and it will get to me. And then when you get a prayer request, we can put it down for you. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with Fred. Um, Taylor, Lord, we know that he's coming off quarantine for this virus, but help him with the after effects of getting healed and touched and being okay, Lord. We ask you to be with Dylan and Lexi, Lord. We just ask you to continue to be with them as they're going through quarantine and let everything go the way it's supposed to do. And Lord, I lift up Bob to you. Lord, Bob Cass, Lord, he lost my aunt. They were married. He lost my aunt to coronavirus. But he helped him with his loss, Lord. He said he's got a big hole in his heart, Lord. Fill that hole up with your love. And let everything go the way it's supposed to go for you, Lord, for him. And, Lord, I ask you to be with Tammy, Lord. I ask you to continue to touch and Make a good way for her for this coronavirus. We heard that she's just on oxygen. That's it. And she's doing good. We just ask you to uh, be with the grieving of the loss of her husband, Sam, Lord. And we just ask you to help her through what she needs to do, Lord. And help her hang on to you closely, Lord. And, Lord, we ask you to be with her daughter, Evie, Lord. She's in the tents of care, been, been on... Um, I've been away for a couple weeks, but they're saying she's doing better, and she could be over this soon, Lord. And Lord, we ask you to be with Jenny and James Brady, Lord, and we just ask you to continue to touch and heal them of their coronavirus, Lord. We ask you to be with Lexi Brady, their daughter. We ask you to touch and heal her and help her get healed from it, Lord. We ask you to be with Wayne Jr. Weaver, Lord. We just ask you to continue to touch and heal him, Lord, and Help him get back to his wife and family and everything okay. And, Lord, we're asking you to be with my Uncle George, Lord. He's 98 years old, and um, we found out yesterday that he has to go in hospice for this kidney. Um, but we're also, he could have been around exposed to the coronavirus, but we're not sure. So, Lord, we're asking you to keep that coronavirus away from him, Lord. And we just ask you to be with this dialysis program, Lord. And we ask you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And like I said, we're going to start a new, um, in closing, we're going to start a new series on the bo- of a study book devotion study devotional book faith and hope and courage and i'm going to share stuff that goes together you know um the way god's leading me to do it and we're gonna be on this for a while just like we were with job and uh and that's our next podcast um bible study for our podcast faith hope and courage and on that note, i like to say God bless you and see you next time for God's Internet Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Ron Weaver, your host, saying see you tomorrow around the same time. I'd like to say God bless you and have a good day.